Our Cancer Journey. Hey, OCJ podcast friends. It is Bruce of the Our Cancer Journey podcast back with you for part two of our retrospective and reflections on season one. Just as we did in the last episode, we're going to be mining some of the best quotes from season one and talking about additional perspectives and some off-mic moments too. So if you missed any of the first season, this is the show to listen to. Let's check it out now. The Our Cancer Journey podcast is a place for those impacted by cancer, their caregivers, and their loved ones. Together, we explore ways that we can optimize our lives through the experiences of diagnosis and treatments and beyond into the future of survivorship. And now your host, Bruce Watkins. Greetings, everyone. It is Bruce Watkins, the host of the Heart Cancer Journey podcast. This is the place where together we'll explore ways to help you feel better, live happier, expand your self-empowerment, and enhance your life experience. Welcome to this special episode, the part two of our season one reflections and retrospectives. We're picking a handful of quotes that we thought had some great takeaways, and we're talking about them even more deeply. And sometimes I'm sharing some off mic moments with you too that I hope you enjoy. Now, if you haven't already done so, please go back and listen to episode number 12. That is the first part of this retrospective of season one. We do episodes one through five on that show. We got some great takeaways. I hope you enjoy it. In this episode, we're going to start with podcast number six in just a moment. But before we do, I want to remind you that season two of the Our Cancer Journey podcast is right around the corner. Shows are going to start dropping very soon. So check our Facebook page, check our webpage at www.ourcancerjourney.com or sign up for our email list by going to the webpage on the contact form, leaving your email and we'll send you a note. We would love for you to follow our program and listen to all of our shows. Okay, so as I mentioned, we're going to start with episode number six, the Mindset Series. Let's hop into that right now. So let's move on to the next clip. And we are going to hop over to show six and seven. Together, I started what is going to be a series about the concept of mindset. I want you to listen to show six and seven. Please go listen to them. Because one of the biggest barriers we're going to have, if not the biggest, is the fact that we have a mindset that we've adopted. Now, this mindset impacts everything we think and feel. And yet, this mindset is not us. Us is the person that can change that mindset. Our mindset changes throughout our life. So when people say, I'm this way or I'm that way or that's what I think, no, that's what your mindset is allowing you to think or mandating that you think at this point. You can evolve. You can change. That mindset can expire and a new, hopefully more aware and broad mindset can take place. Now, I did this because we're going to be saying some stuff on this show that's going to be new and innovative and possibly very challenging to all the years that your mindset has been telling you, oh, that's the way it is, oh, that's stupid, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to get you to be free so you can openly and honestly consider new things so the real you can make an informed decision. That's all. I'm an advocate for you. So episode six was just about introducing the concept of mindset. Please listen to it from start to finish. But I'm going to go right to episode seven because I did something kind of fun in episode seven. 
I wanted to illustrate what's called a paradigm shift. The word paradigm is a beautiful word. Listen to show seven. I explain what it is. Now, paradigms can shift. And the human experience of having your mindset be locked in and you think that's the way it is. And then all of a sudden something happens. Either the real you wells up and says, you idiot, things are different. Or some external thing happens and it shakes you awake. When that happens, there is a very renowned human thing that happens. You stand there like the emperor with no clothes and it's very humbling. And it's beautiful because that is the moment where most of us actually learn and grow. So I used a story that was told to me by an old friend. He was a guy that liked Stephen Covey. He's a consultant. And I recreated this story in an audioscape. This got a lot of comments from listeners. They've replayed it multiple times and even played it for their family members and their coworkers to show how we all get ourselves stuck in a belief pattern, a mindset, quote, our truth, unquote. And we really need to be open to the fact that there are times when our paradigms could and should change. Check out this portion of episode seven. Stephen Covey, or I'll say Stephen, talked of a time when he had a major paradigm shift on a Sunday morning on a subway in New York. He described the scene in the subway car. It's typical of every public transportation thing in most societies. People were reading newspapers. People were lost in thought. People were resting with their eyes closed. They basically were avoiding eye contact. They were doing what we all do, trying to stay as disconnected as possible. The car was quiet and it was calm. He was sitting there with everybody else riding along in the car. Suddenly, this man came on with these children onto the subway. Stephen said the kids were really rambunctious and disorderly. It instantly changed the entire climate of the car. The man shuffled down the aisle and then plopped down near Stephen, slumped over with his eyes closed, oblivious of the situation in the car and his unruly children. As the man sat quietly and apparently completely unaware, the children yelled back and forth. They were throwing things. Stephen even said that the kids grabbed a newspaper out of somebody's hand. I mean, it sounded like a completely disturbing and disrupting environment. And yet the man sat there and did absolutely nothing. Well, like many people, Stephen said he was starting to get irritated. He just couldn't believe the fact that this person could be so insensitive and let his kids run wild throughout the train and he would take no responsibility for it at all. It was really obvious to see that everybody in the subway car was feeling irritated too. So finally Stephen Covey, having assessed the situation clearly, decided to say something to the man. Even though he was irritated, he tried to be patient and use some restraint. He said to the guy directly, Sir... Your children are really disrupting a lot of people. I wonder if you couldn't control them a little more? It was at this point that Stephen said that the man sitting next to him, the man who was failing to control his children, the man who wasn't paying attention, the man who Stephen had just made a stern request to, finally began to lift his gaze. As if he was just coming to consciousness for the first time, 
the man looked in Stephen's direction and said softly, Oh, I, I guess you're right. I guess I, I guess I should do something about it. You see, we just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to think. I guess they don't know how to handle it either. It's at this point of the story that the presenter generally waits a moment before they comment. They want to provide some space so people listening to the story can feel the full impact of a paradigm shift. When Stephen does begin to comment about his experience, he starts off with this phrase, Can you imagine how I felt? Well, could you? <laughs> well, I got to tell you folks that when I did that quote, it was just me talking the way I do, emphasizing stuff. But apparently it hit a lot of people. I can tell you so many comments I got, but one comment in particular was this. When I posed that question, how did you feel when something like that happened to you? One person said to me, I was driving when I was listening to this episode. And I was about halfway through a pretty long commute, and I was just riveted by this audio story. I was listening to it, and then when it happened, when the end happened, when the paradigm shift happened, and you said that, can you imagine how I felt? I turned off the episode and drove in utter and complete silence for the last 30 minutes of my trip. <laughs> well, me too, me too. See, folks, I'm just like everybody else out there. I have done some remarkably dumb things in my life. Maybe I'm above average in that capacity. And I know that feeling well. It wasn't like I was remembering every single thing that I had done like that. But I remembered the feeling. Oh, I remember that well. <laughs> and you know, when I was younger, I remember feeling that feeling. And I might have used then the words embarrassment or humiliation, because that's the only language I had. And it was to a degree, but it was much deeper than that. And it took me a while, and as I grew, and I guess I learned, I realized that that discomfort was actually there for a purpose. It was something to move me, to shake me, to energize me, to do something different. And it's like the universe, or whatever, allowed this discomfort to happen so everything would stop. And the real me, deep down inside, could say in a voice that I could hear, look at what that mindset did to us. Look at the choices it made. Let's not let that happen again. Let's change this thing. Thank you all for your comments about that. And yes, I am going to be doing some other audioscapes once in a while. Now, I'd like to wait about talking about episode eight because I really like that and want to end the show on that. We'll come back to that. Let's talk about episode nine. In episode nine, we speak to Joe Bullock. This guy is the average guy of all time, and he is a wonderful human being. 
listen to the entire episode nine. This really resonated with a lot of people. And what's funny was Joe is an advocate for men who are going through cancer, who oftentimes go into a cave and don't reach out for support. You know the story. There's so many wives, girlfriends, partners, whatever you want to call it, reaching out for the person they love, the man in their life, to try to find support for him because he won't do it himself. Joe has made it his life occupation, amongst other things, to help men connect and find that support. An amazing human being, and yet the most understated guy you can ever find. We had a really rich interview, and so much so that we're going to do a second interview coming up in season two, and we will talk all about that later. But with regards to this particular show, episode nine, Joe really delved deep into the personal experience that he had both being a caregiver and being treated for and surviving colon cancer. We spent some time talking about personal relationships and the relationship with him and his wife. I asked for advice in a couple of different ways, and gems kept falling out of Joe that were fantastic takeaways, not just for men, but for all of us. In one small segment of the program, Joe talked about advice for people that have cancer, that if you do them, it will make things better for you. And one of them is about communication between you and your partner. Together, And I think our base of our marriage has been communication because we communicated about our, our jobs, about our decision for me to be a stay-at-home dad. We've communicated about life in general. But then when I was facing cancer, we had that base of communication. And I think that is a lot of the struggle with the relationships within the cancer space. Because you have to make a lot of decisions about cancer. And if your partner and you aren't communicating, that's a whole different struggle. That's a whole different struggle because you're talking about relationships, finances. I mean, there's so much there and just in that component when it comes to cancer. Okay, so Joe was dropping some real truths on us there. And that wisdom is really simple and profound. Cancer does touch every aspect of your life. Your time, your job, your finances, every single thing can be impacted by cancer. So, if you are not communicating, you will have a much more difficult experience than if you can communicate and work with people. So, figure out whether you're a good communicator, whether you're a good partner, whether you're having honest conversations about things like your healthcare wishes, your finances. Communication is important. Okay, so that was the first part of it. But then Joe talks about his feeling about the impact of bringing cancer home to his beloved wife. Check out this. Do you have any advice for people? Oh, definitely. I mean, I remember the day I was diagnosed. And I remember after the colonoscopy, my wife was in the waiting room waiting for me to come back. And when they brought me in, I couldn't even look at her in the eye. Because I knew what I was bringing to the table, to our marriage. Really? What must that have been like? As I think I mentioned this earlier, but I kind of knew some symptoms were going on. Like I knew there was a reason there was blood in my stool. I knew there was a reason I was having abdominal cramping. I knew there was a reason that I was having some fatigue. I knew something was up and I suspected it was cancer. And I didn't want to put our family through that. 
But at that point, when I got the diagnosis, I realized I screwed up. This is one of those things when I want to add a little bit of a perspective. The burden of cancer can be pretty big. There's a lot of decisions. There's a lot going on. And you need to recuperate and let your body heal itself after the surgeries, after the radiation, after the chemo. You do not need any barriers or encumbrances of your body. And one of the biggest barriers and encumbrances to your body is stress and guilt and anger and self-loathing and avoidance. All of those mindset things, remember that word mindset from earlier? Those things can eat away at you, keep you up at night, overstress your body, deplete your resources. This is why we talk about mindset. Here Joe was talking about him being shocked into the awareness that his choices to not necessarily deal with some of the symptoms about colorectal cancer when they first showed up, he had a lot of baggage to work through. The good news is, as Joe went on to tell us, he did work through it. He made changes, he communicated with his wife well, and tried to find purpose in his life that would relieve that personal upset with his choices and bond with his wife and be the best patient he could be. Well, his wife might think there was a few points where he wasn't perfect, but Joe is a great guy and he is helping so many people. So I was grateful for him to be on the show. Well, episode 10 was just a quick personal update to everybody. I took an amazing trip. I took a few months off and I really refreshed and re-energized and saw some beautiful things. I like to travel and I like to write and create media about that. And I'll tell you all about that later. I know some people asked about that. And I learned a lot of life lessons. And in episode 10, I share some of those life lessons. And one of those lessons was provided to me by some listeners that wrote in and schooled me about my own mindset, my own ideas. It's a great episode. Check it out. Episode 10. It's about sharing and being present and I hope you enjoy it. But let's talk about episode 11. It was a fabulous episode with a dynamo of a human being, Terry Ann DiGiulio. Well, this particular episode was really fun for me because aside from Terry Ann being really dynamic, she had some really personal things to share with takeaways for us all. And our banter and her ability to be vulnerable on this podcast, she just threw herself into it. Our conversation back and forth really helped us both to see some things differently. And that really came through on the program. We got a lot of wonderful comments. And what was great was many people that said it was a top program for them have nothing to do with lung cancer. It's not about what cancer you have necessarily. It's about life and how you optimize it. And Terry had some great takeaways for us. Part of the reason why Terry Ann was on this program in the first place wasn't because she was seeking to be on podcasts. As a matter of fact, this was her first podcast. Normally, she stands up in front of large conferences, talks at a podium. But this was the first time somebody ever sat down with her and really went back and forth and talked to her as Terry Ann the person, not Terry Ann the accomplished advocate and fundraiser. So every time Terry Ann does something new, she's frightened. She's apprehensive, just like all of us. She gets not stage fright, but new experiences are scary. But Terri-Ann learned a lesson that was so fantastic. And 
she communicates this lesson using the sentence that was said to her by a dear friend that motivated her to take all of the steps to overcome her own inhibitions to be a really world-class advocate. It was so incredible. I grabbed the audio because I still had the recorder running at the time. And I said to her, hey, can I share this? So in the show notes, I put a link and I posted that single bit of audio for people to hear when you go to the show notes at www.ourcancerjourney.com. That's O-U-R, cancerjourney.com. And people loved it. So I decided I'm going to go ahead and replicate it right here. Forget about the but and just say yes. This is Terry and Julia. Okay, now hold on for a second. That's a pretty big leap from being, I was scared to death, and I just said yes. Was there something that happened there that gave you a little kick or a little impetus to say yes? Well, I do have a close friend, and I would call her. She's a marketing guru. And I would call her and say, so-and-so asked me to share my story at this conference, but I don't know. And she said, forget about the but and just say yes. You'll figure it out. <laughs> forget about the but. So you said yes, but, and you started to fill in all the self-doubt things. And she said, that's it. Yep. End the sentence with yes. I love that. I laughed so hard because I say almost the same thing in a much less eloquent way than Terry Ann and her friend do. But it's such a meaningful message, especially when you're going through any kind of trauma. Sometimes you just got to get out of your comfort zone and start to live again and do bold things. So forget the but and just say yes. Episode 11, Terry Ann DeGiulio. Okay, folks, so as I said earlier, I want to end our episode today on a very short but powerful quote and dialogue that went back and forth between me and Sharin Steele. Let's talk about that now. In episode eight last season, we met Sharin Steele. Unlike a few of the guests I have on the show from time to time, I had never met Sharin before in my life. But somewhere out of the blue, a story came to me about this really wonderful woman in Australia that was doing some great things for ovarian cancer awareness. By the way, hi to all my Aussie listeners down there. You guys are growing exponentially. Thanks for sharing the show down there. There's a lot of positive vibes down there in Australia. And to my Kiwi friends over in New Zealand too, hello to you folks. Thanks for listening down there. And I loved it when I was there a couple years ago. I will definitely be back. So, I'll let you listen to episode eight, all about Sharin transforming from a person that was just a workaday world mom doing her thing and then becoming a real big advocate for ovarian cancer awareness, a hard to detect and oftentimes misdiagnosed cancer. But her takeaway that I'm going to pull out here was something that I found personally very, very, very inspirational and deep. We talked about the life experience with cancer, something I like to talk about with everybody. And Sharin just says out of the blue that she did something that she called negate her cancer experience. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? So you'll hear what she says about it on the clip. And I think it's a great, great, great thing because many people do try to dismiss their cancer experience, especially if they get a cancer that can be dealt with, and the survivability of it is reasonable, 
and they survive it. They try to downplay it because they always meet one person that has a more serious case. And then there's the people out there with stage four cancer that introduce themselves as stage four before they say their name. So you're constantly reminded that your experience isn't the worst and isn't that bad. So some of us tend to dismiss it for lots of different reasons, not just that. And that dismissing of her cancer experience did not allow her to fully understand the impact of it on her, her family, and her entire life outlook. It changed her. And she goes into the fact that the cancer experience changed her. And that's not necessarily a terrible thing. But if you deny it and try to bury it, it could be. So I thought her insight was great. But then we went on to a different small mention about survivorship. And I got lots of comments because I've expressed that this program is about survivorship. Matter of fact, the voiceover lady that you hear talking in the beginning of almost all of our programs talks about the fact that this is about survivorship. And yet people don't really understand what that is. Uh, I won't go into it because we're going to have many episodes on survivorship. It's a topic very near and dear to me because whether you're going to survive a week, a year, a decade, or 90 years after you're diagnosed with cancer, you have a life. Every minute that you are alive, you can do something with it. You can improve your experience. You can be more aware. You can enrich it. This program is about optimizing who you are and enriching that, as well as potentially positively influencing your outcomes if you're in current treatments and all that stuff. So survivorship is a big deal to me because I want all of us to live the best lives we can. But what we said in our quick banter about survivorship, I think was more eloquent than anything I've ever said. And she ran, and I talked about it after the program, and she goes, my God, Bruce, that was really beautiful. I'm glad we said that. I'm going to say that all the time. Can I, Bruce? And I said, I am not trademarking good vibes about survivorship. Let's spread this to everybody we can. So listen to her talking about negating, but then make sure to hear the quote about the art of survivorship. Did other people start echoing that to you like, oh, you know, you'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. Or did they keep treating it as a pretty serious thing and you had to take it really seriously? Um, no, nobody, nobody said that I was lucky or anything like that. Um, I think people took it much more seriously than I was allowing myself to take it. Um, but what I did find interesting was when I learned that it was one of the more okay types, I started negating my experience, which someone said to me, you should not negate your experience. And that was really powerful for me. That's really interesting. What do you mean by that? So I would sort of downplay, you know, but I'm okay. You know, I went through the treatment. I'm okay. But the fact is when you cross into cancer, it's like having a child. One moment you're not a parent, the next you are, and that is you forever. It changes you as a person. And I felt I feel that way about cancer. So even now when I'm like, when I say I'm a survivor of ovarian cancer, the word survivor I find a little bit jarring. I think, what does that even mean? Because I've had cancer now and that's in the back of my mind. It's always there. I can't go back to pre-cancer time. So, yeah, I found that really interesting coming into the cancer world. 
you know, I kind of hear you on the whole thing about I'm a survivor mm-hmm. because to me, I am changed and I'm still here. Yeah. Like when you survive something, it's done. That's over and I survived it. Yeah. That's why I like the term survivorship. It's kind of like the art of living. Yes. You know, you're still living. You're still going. I love that word because I think it's so, it's empowering. It's real. It's now and it's ongoing. And that's, that's what drew me to your podcast, that word survivorship. That made a lot of sense to me. I was like, wow, that's a different way to look at it because you're right. It's not, you know, black and white where I survived. I'm done. Okay. Go back to normal life. It's not like that. It's the next part of an experience, which is survivorship. It really resonated with me as well. Well, Sharin, that's a great compliment. Thank you very much. Well, that wraps our program, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to episode, hmm, should I call it 13 or 14? Isn't 13 bad luck? Well, you know what? Today, 13 is good luck. This has been a remarkable experience for me. We're now being listened to in 30-plus countries throughout the world, and the comments just continue to be very supportive and caring. Thank you very much. We're getting not only recommendations from listeners, but people in the medical community and doctors are starting to share this with their patients and with other practitioners, too. Again, we want to hear from you. Please go to www.ourcancerjourney.com. Go to the contact page. Send us comments. Sign up for our email list. If you have any requests for topics that you'd like us to cover, or you've got some ideas for guests, send them along. We read every submission, so thank you. Well, OCJ friends, it's at this time of the episode that I generally wrap up the show. And I want to share something I've never really told anybody before here, but when I did my first couple of episodes, I didn't really have a plan on how to close the show, so I just made a statement. It was off the cuff, wasn't contrived or scripted. I just said a message that I wanted you to know. A message from me to you. I never anticipated I would get the reaction I have from it. The people that I've talked to, the people that have written in, and the people that I've met when I've gone and spoke, several of them have come up to me and said, I love your shows. I listened to the whole thing. It's all been really worthwhile, but I have to tell you, one of my favorite parts is the end, (laughs) which I thought, is that because it's over? (laughs) They said, no, no, you idiot. They said, what you say, I feel empowered. And um, that means a lot. And I'm just happy that we can share that. So, now I feel funny closing the show and <laughs> doing my little, uh, uh, you know, off-the-cuff thing right now, but I am going to do something because I'm going to wrap up the show. And I usually start it by saying, and before we go, i got to take a moment here. <laughs> oh, God. Before we go, Remember this. There are many things in this world that can distract us. There's events from the past that well up and create fear and apprehension. There are people and organizations 
that try to influence us. There's gonna be forces from without and within that try to limit us. But we each have the power. We have the power to move forward and to live the life we want on our terms. Because this is our cancer journey. This episode of the Our Cancer Journey podcast is sponsored and produced by Fairlead Media. All rights reserved.